Okay. Erev Tov. Who wants to, to take care of this? Okay. We're starting chapter 49. We're coming to the end of a particular section now. As Rabbi Toledano tells us, that the first 49 chapters are primarily discussing the idea of Hakshama, corporeality. And this is the 49th and final chapter where we're not only discussing the, the non-corporeality of Hashem, we're going to talk about the non-corporeality of Malachim, which is you know goes together with Hashem as it were. And as the Rambam has yeah, says, any not. type of corporeality is worse than Avodah Zarah. And that's like you've gone to the 49th level of Tumah. And therefore, we have 49 chapters, like the 49 chapters of Bina, that will help us with that. And then after we finish that, we go to the next 21 chapters that's going to be discussing the descriptions of Hashem, like qualities that Hashem one has. And that's 21, the Gematria of Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey. And Yes, and therefore, so that gives us an idea of the numbers of the paragraphs over here. In the discussion of Malachim, just before we start this idea of Malachim, sort of make sure I got the right page over here. Let's just talk about briefly the etymology of Maloch. Okay, we will see the Rambam, and everyone agrees to this point, that the job of a Malach is to do the jobs that Hashem gives him. And the word malach comes from the root of le'ach, lamed alef chafsofis, and that means shlichus in Arabic and also in kushis, I guess that's uh, Indian. What? Ethiopian. Ethiopian. And it's very similar to like holach and yelech to go. And what is the main feature of shlichus? Go. Is to go, right? <laughs> and very interesting connection. The word maloch, same etymological uh, 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 connection, the word melacha. Melacha, work. Mem, lamed, aleph, chaf. So a maloch is mem, lamed, aleph, chaf, sovis. It's almost the same word. So what does that do with Malacha and Shabbos? What does to do with being a Malach? So let's think about it. What is the problem? What's the Isser with Malacha? It is, a, is it a question of being strained and doing strenuous work per se? Well, that's one thing. But if you think about it, the real idea is to fulfill a task. And that's really what a shlichus of a malach is, to fulfill a task. Let's give an example. You're not allowed to make a fire on Shabbos. So it's not like the real hard work of rubbing two sticks together and all that until and it's really, it's a tiring job till you do that. No, you could just light a match. And nowadays, uh, at least on a rabbinic level, just flick the switch. So that how, you're over a malacha from that? Well, the idea is you've finished a task. And that's the idea. It has nothing to do with the effort. Is the task completed? That makes it a malacha. That's why we have the idea of malachas machsheves. 
it's not so much you're working hard, but a task has been completed. And that's exactly what a malach does. A malach's job is to fulfill his task. That's all. He has a task to do. And guess what? Nothing's hard for a malach. You know, malach sweats when it finishes his job. We're going to see in a minute. They fly, as we'll see why we say that they fly. But they, they do it effortlessly. But the focus is the task. And therefore, Malacha is so, it's just the task and not the effort. And if you, you, you numerical buffs, okay, the word Malach, either in the singular and the plural, if you look in the Chumash, you find it how many times? 39 times. So similar to 39 Malachas of Shabbos. So that's a nice, cute little. Uh, entree to the world of the Malach. Now, we are going to, I don't think we're going to get into it today, but there's a huge Machlokas, Ramban and Rambam, as to what exactly is a Malach. Okay? And when we talk about the uh, times that Malachim are mentioned in the Torah, what does it mean when the Malachim are mentioned? There's two things. There's what a Malach is, and what does it mean when Hashem discusses Malachim in the Torah. What does that mean? So that's also going to be a, a huge Machlokas. I don't know if we're going it, to... It really is primarily discussed later on, I think, in the second Chelek of the Morin of Uchim. But uh, it will be very important. But right now, we're just going to try to stick to the main idea, and that is, is there a concept of corporeality for Malachim or not? And if not... So then why is that way, etc., etc. So let's begin with chapter 49. Gamba malochim, also with malochim, enam bale guf. They have no body. Elohim sichlim nivdoli mechelmer. They are pure uh, form, pure intellect, no matter at all. There's nothing. Yes, it's there. I have it. It's right in, look right in the little corner there. You'll see a little red oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. It's there because I don't want to block things. You don't see it on the thank you, thank you for paying attention though. But that's good. So, um, so it, in other words, there's no nothing physical about them. It really is a pure intellect, so to speak. Avolheim poalim, they do work. Vashem baraam and Hashem has created them. Kamoshi's buyer, as will be explained more thoroughly, second section, second chapter. Ubereshi's Raba Amru, and there is your first source that we got for tonight. Amru Lahem, first time we have this idea in the Garden of Eden when autumn is thrown out, and there's Malachim there with the Cherav HaMehapeches, the sword that's going around and around and around. So the Pasuk, Al Shem Meshorsov, based on the name of its servants, Eish Lohat. Okay, and that's it's a little typo over there. So the first source says, Eish Lohat, a flaming sword. This is the Medjish Rabbah. Based on a Pasuk of Tehillim, oh, the Pasuk says, Ve'es Lohat, but the Pasuk, in, that's in the Pasuk in the Torah. But in Tehillim, it's Umeshorsov Eish Lohat. And his servants are a Flaming sword, hamisa peches. Now, what does hamisa peches mean? Literally, it could be it was upside down. Like to do if something that's upside down, it's lehepech. It's the opposite. But here, the meaning is, and this might be, might be 
a Star Trek source for the change link. No. If you're from Mint, you're what I'm talking about. A changeling was one of these aliens that could change forms. You know, and like, you know, it could be a, the really, it's a, the real changeling is an ucky gucky monster, but when it has to, you know, uh, make, uh, try to influence Kirk, it turns into a beautiful woman to try to persuade him to do something. So like, Kirk is, is like salt. making advancements to the woman. All of a sudden, it turns back into the Yochi Chuki changeling. Okay, I don't, I don't want to be more descriptive <laughs> as necessary. <laughs> but anyway, we get this idea of the changeling. Why? Hamis hapeches backstill on the sheet over here, which means it changes. Shemis hapchim, they change. Pa'amim anoshim, sometimes it takes the form of a man. Pa'amim noshim, sometimes a woman. Pa'amim rucha, sometimes spirits. Sometimes angels. So if they assume different forms, it must be they're not a physical reality because they change too much. In other words, you know, I'm a physical reality. Now, can I change into a monster? No. Can I change into a fish? No. No, because this is who I am. But something that keeps changing, it's maybe more holographic, so to speak. So the fact that it could change so much, it can't have a matter because matter doesn't do that. So therefore, it's something more of an intellectual form, so to speak, conceptual form uh, that he will speak about in more detail. And that's what we look back inside the uh, text of the Rambam. He just quotes the rest of the Medrash. Hamisap, a third line, if you have to say for Hamisapecha, now, I've explained in this language, they are not made of any type of matter. They don't have a set physical form beyond that of the intellect. And in the Kapach footnotes, in footnote 6, he says only when a person is using their um, imagination, so to speak, to visualize what a malach is, and it's not connected to any physical body, so to speak, but uh, so they they get these images that are conjured up in their minds, okay? That's what it means, that it's something to do with thought. It's what your thought is able to conjure up. Elokolzebemarhanavuah. Ah, which comes in a state of prophecy. As the power of, of what did we say, imagination works. Which will be mentioned later on in the second section. We talk about prophecy. So what the Rambam is saying is that prophets will be seeing malachim in the images. It's not a real maloch that you see, but it's an image, so to speak, an intellectual image that we're able to come up with. That's what he calls a, that a maloch. This is the Rambam's position, not like the Ramban who argues with this. They are not physical at all. And more than that, they come via prophetic insight. And therefore, which we'll see, all the stories in the Torah where Malachim are mentioned, the Rambam says it's all Navua. 
And therefore, what it, it's, it's, it's not a real angel with wings. It's a, uh, uh, an intellectual concept that they have. Now we'll see, the Ramam does say they do things that Hashem tells them to do. Okay, so there. So when when people see malachim, that is, if you can see a mouth, that means it's it's a nevuah that you're seeing. But on the other hand, there's malachim who do the will of Hashem. So there's something that is we've got Hashem, which is beyond all physical. Then we got the physical, which is completely physical. The malach is a little bit in between. It's not physical, but it's created by Hashem. So it's, we'll for now just say it's like a, a force, so to speak. There's nothing, anything you can touch. There's nothing you can touch. There's nothing physical. It's able to do the will of Hashem, but it doesn't, it has no physical body, nothing physical about it. So, so again, I'm just briefly touching on now because later on is the main section and then we'll get into it really deep. Because it's a major Ramban, right in the beginning of that story with the three angels, where he says, the Rambam says, this is all prophecy. And Ramban vigorously um, argues with that and says, this can't be, whatever. But aside from that, just for, the, when the Torah describes Malachim, it will use certain physical descriptions. So Rambam says, it is not a physical thing but not exactly like Hashem. And this is where it gets a little dangerous uh, because he'll say later on, listen, we know Hashem is no physical at all. Why do we use certain terms? To help us understand on our limited level that, that, that Hashem exists and whatever it is. So what he does not want to fall in the trap is say, well, angels aren't physical also. So therefore they're not descri- they're described in physical ways. So people going to hop what they are. But then you might make the mistake that they're just like Hashem. Right. Because Hashem's not physical, they're not physical. We use physical terms just so we can understand it. So we're going to do the same with Malachim. That's a dangerous game because then how are Malachim different than Hashem? So what he's going to tell us is we're only going to use certain terms when we use anthropomorphic terms for Malachim, terms that we generally will not use with Hashem. And we're using lower types of terms to show that although this it's a it's a metaphor that people can understand, but even the best of the metaphor will not bring you to a concept of a perfection like Hashem. So he has to leave room for it to be a created being. It's possible to have a created being that is not physical. There's no rules that say a created being has to be physical. So what do you mean? Are they not God? No. Because God can create a metaphysical being that is metaphysical. And wills its existence. It's and God wills the existence of the Malach. So let's say the Malach uh, Gavriel. What's the Malach Gavriel capable of doing? He's capable of having fire burn something. Now, the, the, the Malach Gavriel doesn't have any fire. It gives off an individual, an invisible. Its power is to give energy for combustion. Somehow, in its non-physical reality, it brings a physical reality combustion. Okay? So that's the Malach Gavriel. Can you see him? Can you touch him? No. No. It is a pre-physical reality of destruction, fire. There's something spiritual that makes that happen. Okay? So you can't touch the Malach Gavriel. 
Yet the Malkavriel has a mission and is to do, quote unquote, do things. He doesn't have hands, he doesn't have feet. It's just a, what do you want to call it? An invi- a non-physical energy that cannot be picked up with any instruments that in this world. You have to have metaphysical instruments can detect what they do. They are therefore not physical, but they're not God. Because God created these metaphysical realities called malachim. And, and they don't have free will choice. And they can't create their own existence. They depend on Hashem giving them existence every moment. The difference is they don't have any free will choice and all these other things as anything else. You know, Lamashal, you know, you got a hammer. Does your hammer have free will choice? No. no. Okay, let's say you have a programmable hammer. Still no free and your A, you know, oh, 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 what do you call it? An AI. Even with AI, it's not a future. No, I'm just saying, an AI. How it's so far, at least. Who knows what's going to happen yeah, later. Right, now, right now, AI has no free will choice, right? And but, but it's not human. It's for sure not human. So let's just take it one step higher. A malach is AI with no free will choice, but it's not physical. That's all. It, now, why does Hashem need to have a malach can't do it himself? That's a whole discussion. That really is to um, uh, uh, describe the distance that Hashem has with the world, so to speak. But the main point is saying with Malachim, up to this point, it's a non-physical being. If there's any stories where you, you read in the Navi about a Malach doing something, okay, so the Malach doing something and people seeing a Malach and interacting with a Malach would be on a dream level. That's a Rambam. Ramban disagrees with that completely. But what about what does a malach do? Okay, so Ram says, well, malach just does what Hashem tells it to do. And therefore, if a malach visits Avram, that's not a malach. That was Avram's dream. He dreamt about people, and uh, and they they weren't really people. Whatever it was, but it was but it was. Uh, there's nothing to see. There was nothing there. But are there malachim that exist? Yes, there's a malach that exists. Can you see them? You cannot see them. Do they do things? Yes, they do things. How do they do things? Well, sort of the way Hashem does things, but they get it from orders from Hashem, and they have no free will choice as to what they're going to do. Okay? But are they uh, are they like God? No, they're not like God, because they didn't create themselves. Okay? So that is the, the major Question. point of what a malach is. Let me just see if I'm in a... Uh... Okay, yeah, might as well. Do you feel what is donkey have to go on? No. Did he see the did he see a malach? So that is one of the questions Ramban asks of Ramban. Very good. Very good. That is one of the questions. He asks like from five places. Yeah. And one of them was built. He even says from Lot. Uh, if Lot saw the angels was a Nevoah, so how did the people of stone see them? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So these are all questions that it, this is not the place because we'll get into much more detail later with that. Is this at all connected to shading or is that? Something? No, it's not good shading. Not good shading. Yeah. Uh, um, so wouldn't we, in, in a certain way, be like Malachim uh, too? Because uh, the Almighty created our neshamas, right? And our neshamas are sort of are they're not a mass; they're a spiritual entity. Just like a malach. The only difference is that we. A neshama is not a malach. A neshama is a neshama. Yeah. Why? Because we have free will? Yep. Yeah. We have free will. And we're physical. We're physical. And we're the only beings that are physical and well, spiritual together. 
We have a physical aspect and a metaphysical aspect wrapped up into one. We're the only being in the world like that. A malach is just spiritual, nothing physical at all. Right? So and they only can do the will of Hashem. Right? And therefore he'll say, Aval Amrim Pa'amim, but sometimes, as we just saw in the Navi, they're called Nashim, they're called women. Okay, what does that mean? Because Pa'amim Raim is Hamalachim, Bamar Nevua, Tsuras Nashim. Sometimes when the Navi sees that the prophecy, and the prophecy comes via what his mind conjures up a Malach, and that could be a female vision. Of a malach, Rome is the divrei Zechariah. This hints to the words of Zechariah, who was a prophet already after the first base of Megish was destroyed, and he says, and we have this somewhere in source number three. For Zechariah says, and I lifted up my eyes. Now he already saw one woman before this pasuk, angel. Now I see another two women. Yotzos, they're going out for ruach bechanfeim, and there's wind at their wings. Ulahena kenafaim kechlaim echasida, they have wings like the chasida bird, etc., etc. <coughs> so Zechariah uh, is talking about female angels. So he says sometimes they they have a vision. So a malach can sometimes be like a male, sometimes like a male. They're the changelings. Now, what is that all about? So if you look in the radak in the source sheet under three. When he says, for us, ain't I, he says, Vine Stein Noshim, Leinian Shepirash, that it said before, Beisha Achas, which was the one woman before, what's that imagery of? Shehi Aseris Hashvatim, that was the ten tribes that went into exile. The image that Hashem gave the Navi was a female Malach for that. And the two women afterwards, is Yehud and Binyamin were the last two tribes that got sent into Bavel. But now they're already coming back from the Golas. So what's Zechariah seeing? He's showing an image of those who stayed back in Bavel. Remember, nobody wanted to come up. Very few people happened. So, it's, so he sees an image of Malachim with women's faces. That means they were lazy to go up to Yerushalayim even after they built, started building the base of Middash. So he says, I see these two women, they're going out into the exile. So it's a description of that. <coughs> now if you look at the, right at the end of the Radak, <coughs> he brings from Eben, uh, from Rav Moshe ben Maimon, he brings the Rambam, right? He says, Pirish stay nashim malachim ra. He saw it, it was malachim saw it. Oh, some kidnus nashim, like women, like they also saw malachim like horses. Why? Prophecy was coming to an end. So the images they saw, quote unquote, were weaker images, so to speak. If you're at your top of your game, you see a male malach, so to speak. And if you're at the bottom of the game, it's, so it's like a woman malach, etc., etc. So clearly, there's different things that they're able to see. But but uh, so so clearly though these are things that cannot be seen, and Ram is going to explain us and tomorrow we'll continue where we have to give images the same thing with Hashem we have to see why they're considered different to make these demarcations between Hashem. So that's the opening so, salvo. So Hunter's almost here. I want to start working on my costume.
I want to do something that's really more related to Gemara. So I'm getting, I need a partner. So I want to do uh, Androgynous and Tumtu. So who wants to? Which one? Who wants to be? Uh, the, uh, okay. Okay. How are you interested? Which one? You can choose which one you want. Different drama. Yeah, you can choose which one you want. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Shkaya.